Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Dev, and good afternoon. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, the product uh, that we are going to show you today is not intended for diagnosis prevention or treatment of the disease. And um, if you have any questions throughout this webinar, uh, please feel free to use the Q&A box or the chat box. Uh, it's easy for us to track your questions if you paste your questions in the Q&A box. So you'll find it at the bottom of your Zoom screen. And my name is Sumana, and I'm an application scientist with the Kaijin team. And today we are going to look into some strategies around how to utilize omics data and curated literature data for indication selection and drug repurposing. So hopefully this will be a good introduction to <coughs> Ingenuity Pathways uh, functionalities, and you'll learn new features that you were perhaps not aware of. So let's go over uh, today's agenda. So we will start with uh, diving directly into strategies around how we can use omics data for identifying new indications for drug repurposing. Now, once we identify these novel indications, we can dive deeper into the mechanism of action by exploring uh, the networks and the pathway analysis. And most researchers like you are also interested in improving these repurposed drugs for targeting new indications. So accordingly, we will address how we can achieve this by identifying new targets using augmented molecular intelligence. And then lastly, we will take advantage of existing public expression data to explore these novel targets. So one of the challenges that we are facing today is the high cost and the slow pace of drug development for many disease areas like cancer, uh, CNS, uh, rare diseases, etc. Therefore, repurposing drugs for new indications can be a great alternative. So to have a shorter development time, to lower the costs and uh, less safety risk than traditional drug development process. Since, um, since drug repurposing uh, or uh, repositioning relies on data for existing drugs and uh, diseases, the enormous growth of publicly available large scale biological data, biomedical data, high performance computing capabilities, all of these have accelerated the development of the computational approach towards uh, drug positioning. And uh, development of these computational approaches generally include various steps. So these would include data mining, uh, machine learning, network analysis, etc. And investigating the relationship between these uh, biomedical data or the entities forms a vital part of the most uh, uh, approaches towards drug repositioning. So when it comes to drug repurposing or positioning, um, the first step in this approach usually involves uh, devising a strategy uh, for, uh, for your goal, right? So, so there are two ways you can do this. One is drug-based strategies, the second one is diseased-based strategies. Now, 
when it comes to drug based strategies uh this is where the discovery uh, originates from the knowledge that is related to the drugs uh, that would include existing information about the drugs like chemical structure um the uh, the pockets that you have within the structure so those would be your drug based strategies now another approach would be your disease based strategies now here in this approach um the discovery will originate from the knowledge related to the diseases so um now both of these approaches require large scale biological data and literature curated data so this is where your first step come into the picture now in today's webinar we are going to leverage um two types of data which in uh, as part of the first step so one is the large scale biological biomedical data such as genomics transcriptomics data coming from sources like geo sra tcga links etc now uh, within uh, uh, ingenuity pathway analysis uh, we right now have over uh 112000 plus uh, expression analysis which spans across over uh, half a million uh, uh samples now along with this large scale biological data we also have over 9.8 million literature curated data which uh, would include uh, biomedical entities like drugs genes diseases uh, functional ontologies relationships etc so this is your second type of data which is literature curated data now these two pieces of data are crucial for performing any type of tertiary analysis for identifying new indications for drug repurposing so once you have these type of data you can perform uh, the different types of analytics uh, that i'm going to show you uh, in, in uh, just briefly now the second step towards drug repurposing involves defining the computational approach uh, or uh, generating models now this usually involves mining of biomedical data where researchers like you you can discover a tremendous amount of information hidden in the literature and then modeling this data for further interpretation now there are many type of approaches that can be taken to mine and create a model for data analysis so uh, so you can either do text mining machine learning uh, network analysis you can build uh, models from scratch or you can use a combination of these approaches so as part of the step 2 uh, process uh, today we are going to utilize the network analysis as our model for drug repurposing so networks are basically an excellent way for modeling uh, biological and biomedical data and uh, you can see the interactions and the relationships to infer the drug and target associations and thereby you can basically identify novel drugs uh, for as repositioning uh, candidates so here you can see we have four different types of networks essentially first one is canonical pathways which allows you to discover molecular mechanisms uh of action uh, you can look at uh, which pathways are activated or inhibited uh second one is the upstream regulators 
Now these allow you to discover upstream regulators for your downstream targets. The third one is this causal networks, which allows you to identify a master upstream regulator, which are at least two or three hops away from your target gene. And the fourth one is this uh, diseases and functions uh, to examine how your genes, so if you have a list of genes in your data set are affecting known uh, diseases or functions downstream. So we are going to utilize this network-based model uh, for our drug uh, repurposing approach. Now, the third step in our process is uh, to comprehend and pick, uh, pick out the suitable uh, validation model for the success of the proposed uh, computational models that we uh, had in the first two steps. So these models uh, can be classified into several different ways. So you can basically uh, uh, perform in vitro experiments to validate. You can do in vivo experiments. You can do cross-validation. You can uh, benchmark uh, against uh, previous models that were probably generated by other scientists. You can generate case studies. Uh, you can perform some literature uh, cross-referencing. Or maybe you can have a domain experts as consultants to uh, see how well uh, your uh, computational approach is working uh, towards uh, uh, this model validation. Now, in our case today, we are going to validate our model using a case study uh, as related to a melanoma uh, disease today, where um, we have a data set uh, with melanoma patients where the uh, melanoma patients were treated with pembrolizumab drug. Uh, which is a humanized antibody used in cancer immunotherapy. And we have basically transcriptomics data uh, for pembrolizumab responders versus non-responders. So let's see how we can use this computational approach and validate this particular model to find new indications for pembrolizumab. Now, like I mentioned before, we are going to use four types of networks um, or entities uh, in this computational model. So here in this table, you can see each row. So let me grab my annotations over here. So each row essentially represents a matching uh, public analysis. And we have the analysis names uh, in the first column. And um, you can essentially um, divide this table into two sections. So you have the list of your uh, uh, public uh, omic data set analyses in the first half, where you can see uh, where they're coming from. If they're non-oncology, oncology related data sets, you can see the disease names, you can see uh, the tissue where, uh, what tissue type was used to process this data. And what was being essentially compared in these omic data sets, like disease versus normal, treatment versus control, uh, tissue one versus tissue two, et cetera. Now, the second half of the table essentially uh, gives you um, the scores for the four different types of networks that I just talked about. So here, CP is 
your uh, canonical pathways. So here, the, the, the blue colored section you can see, UR is upstream regulators, CN is causal networks, DE is uh, uh, basically uh, downstream effects or the diseases and functions that we talked about. And um, the last column is basically an absolute Z-score of all the scores that we see here. Now, these scores run from a positive 100 being an ideal match between your data set and this public data set versus a negative 100, where you can see that your data set, these public data sets are completely opposite to what you have in, in your hand. So in our case, we are comparing the melanoma responder versus non-responders data with other existing public omic data sets. And here you can clearly see we have very high negative z-score matches for disease versus normal comparisons. And you can see here, these are the diseases, cancer diseases, at least uh, that uh, can be utilized as novel indications for repurposing pembrolizumab. So we have diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, we have colorectal cancer, triple negative breast cancer, et cetera. Now, what I did was, so this was generated using the Ingenuity Pathways software. You uh, basically uh, uploaded your uh, melanoma data set, and then you basically checked uh, this table, and you can see the list of the diseases that can be uh, used as new indications for repurposing pembrolizumab. Now, what I did was I went ahead and searched uh, in uh, Google Scholar, uh, looked for clinical trials, if there were any clinical trials currently uh, for pembrolizumab um, that were being utilized for any of these cancer types that we just found in our table. So here, very nicely, so these are two different clinical trials uh, from uh, 2020, uh, which are published in uh, um, uh, great journals. And you can see that uh, diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, colorectal cancer, they both are being uh, under clinical trial with uh, pembrolizumab. So if I go back, you can see our table shows essentially the same disease names, right? So here we have diffuse large cell lymphoma, we have colorectal cancer, and you can see they have very high, very nice uh, anti-matching scores. So you know that these are good indications to follow up uh, in the lab. So this is the proof of concept uh, that you can easily generate using Ingenuity pathway analysis. Now, now this takes us to our final step. So <coughs> this model basically allowed us to verify that our network, uh, the four different network pathways that we are using is a great way to uh, identify new indications for drug repurposing. Now let's say, um, uh, to uh, so this takes us to essentially our final step, the fourth step, which is to predict therapeutic potentials and novel indications for existing drugs. And then basically utilizing these models in the areas of cancer research, rare diseases, orphan diseases, et cetera. Now let's say you don't work in cancer area, but you're interested in repurposing this particular pembrolizumab drug for other non-oncology indications. 
Now what you can do is you can simply take the same results uh, that we got from our table earlier and then filter for non-oncology indications instead of cancer-related uh, uh, data sets. So all I did was just filter this and removed all the cancer-related data sets. And now what you end up with is all these disease indications like uh, fatty, liver, fatty liver disease, uh, type 2 diabetes, psoriasis, uh, we have uh, vasculitis, etc. So a lot of all of these non-cancer indications could be uh, utilized as novel uh, disease areas where you can maybe test pembrolizumab drug against. And the reason I'm saying this is because you have a very nice anti-matching scores uh, when we are comparing our pembrolizumab melanoma data set against these uh, pre-computed public uh, data sets where we are comparing disease versus normal. So let's see, now let's jump into the software and look at how we ended up with this table and how we can uh, utilize this for our research. So when we open up uh, IPA on our computer, this is what the lay of the land looks like. Uh, you have essentially uh, a quick start menu in the center uh, where you can find a lot of inf interesting information. One thing I like to point out is our contact support information. Uh, so if you have any questions, you want to uh, set up any uh, trainings, you can reach out to our um, support team over here. And on the left-hand side, uh, we have this create new button. So this is where you're going to upload your um, omic data sets. So these could be your RNA sequencing data, single cell data, um, any type of omic data essentially you're working with. And then you can run the analysis in the software. Now, once you run the analysis, um, all of your data sets and uh, your results for those analyses will be stored here in the project manager window. And you can simply open up any of these analyses. I'm just gonna just like, open up maybe, uh, so one of the analyses is over here. All you have to do is double click on it and it'll open up the analysis. So once you double click, uh, this is what uh, your results would look like for your omic data sets. So today we are working with our uh, melanoma uh, data set where uh, patients were treated with pembrolizumab. So we had responders versus non-responders. And we're going to focus specifically on this particular section over here. If you have ever uh, attended one of our webinars, if you have used IP in the past, uh, all of these tabs are going to give you results for different uh, um, aspects. So you can find top pathways, top regulators, top diseases and functions that are involved in your data set. But today we are going to focus on this analysis match feature here. So once you click on it, this is going to open up a very big table for you. And don't get intimidated just because it's a big table and you don't know where to look at. I'm going to uh, slowly show you uh, uh, what information you want to focus on to understand these results. So this table is divided into two parts. First one, 
is essentially giving you the list of all the public omic data sets that have a good match with your data set or have a good and time match with your data set. So you have the name of the analyses. Uh, the second column gives you information about if it is a mouse related data set, human, oncology, non-oncology, etc. Third column essentially tells you the name of the disease, uh, what the researchers are working on. Fourth one is giving you the tissue information. So what <coughs> was extracted uh, from these uh, data sets? And if there were any uh, in vivo or ex vivo treatments that were performed. So this column tells you that. Um, here we have this comparison um, category. So, so these could be a comparisons between disease versus normal, uh, treatment versus control, uh, cell type one versus cell type two, et cetera. And this column will tell you the detailed information about that particular comparison. Now, the second half of this table is going to give you the four networks that we talked about and the scores that are associated with this. Now, disease scores are essentially telling you how well is the pathway, for example, CP is canonical pathway, is matching is or, or, or has an anti-match uh, with the same pathways in your data set versus this public data set. So here you can see, for example, for uh, fatty acid liver disease, uh, we have uh, minus 87% uh, uh, match because these scores run from plus 100 being your ideal match. So all the pathways exactly look the same between your data set and this public data set. So that is an ideal world that's 100% to a minus 100, which is a completely opposite match. So here in this case, we have minus 87. So this is a very good anti-match uh, between our melanoma data set and this fatty acid liver uh, data set. So the higher these numbers are, uh, whether it's positive or negative, the better um, matches or anti-matches they are with your data set. So here you can see um, what I have. Uh, what we have is uh, we are now looking at under this project uh, column. We're looking at uh, different types of uh, public data sets, and you can filter for them. So Oncoland would uh, include all your oncology public data sets. Disease Land would include your non-oncology data sets. Single Cell Land would include uh, single cell related data sets. And normal cells and tissues would include data sets coming from GTEx, Blueprint. So these are your uh, healthy uh, tissue expression data. So if you are an oncology researcher and you want to repurpose pembrolizumab map for other cancer indications, you would just select Oncoland here. And you would just simply filter for data sets related to oncology indications. So now you're just simply filtering for oncology. And our very top hit for very high negative Z-score is uh, DLBC. We have breast cancer over here, colorectal cancer over here. So these are all your top 
indications that you can utilize for testing a pembrolizumab against. And if you are a non-oncology researcher and you want to focus on other diseases, you go back to your project and select disease land instead. So this would include all your non-oncology indications. Click apply. And this is going to filter for all the non-oncology indications like fatty liver uh, disease, type two diabetes, psoriasis, uh, vasculitis, et cetera. So these are your top indications that you can follow up in the lab uh, to test uh, pembrolizumab. Uh, so before I move on to the next piece of information, once you have this uh, list of new indications, what else can you do using IPA? How, uh, well, how can you explore these results further? So before we move ahead and talk about these things, um, are there any questions, Dev, that we want to answer? Uh, yes, absolutely. And one thing I noticed is many attendees, uh, they join maybe like 10 minutes after the presentation began. So for those of you, if you want slides, I am repasting them in the chat box. So these are today's slides that Sumana showed earlier on. Uh, we will also take this opportunity to ask our attendees some question about you know, how they feel about uh, the speed of the presentation, as well as Sumana, you very nicely outlined uh, many different topics in the agenda and which ones are more relevant to them. So in terms of questions, you very nicely explained earlier that IPS database currently has information from different publications like peer review publications, as well as uh, access to omics data from places like TCGA, GEO, et cetera. How often is this database updated? That's a great question, Dev. So when it comes to the curated literature data, so we are talking about um, the 9.8 million findings that I mentioned earlier. So let's go back to that slide. So that uh, data base is updated on um, weekly basis. So these, these are all your literature-based in, uh, curated information. These are updated on weekly basis. Now, when it comes to the expression data, these are your RNA sequencing data, single cell data, all of these type of data sets are updated on quarterly basis. So once we have a list of uh, new uh, uh, omic data sets, we uh, keep on adding them uh, within our repository. So another question is uh, based on the poll we did earlier, there are a great number of people who are attending right now who are new to engineering pathway analysis, right? And in your case, Sumana, uh, because you want to focus on drug repurposing, you started with a scenario where a person has already done the analysis and opened the analysis. So say if this new users wanted to learn how to upload the data, uh, do core analysis, which is what you have opened, um, learn about different pathways and networks that are generated, what are the resources? So one of the best ways um, you can access some of the resources is you can look under uh, our quick start menu. So we have a lot of nice tutorials and support information. So you can watch some of the videos that have been already uh, posted online. Uh, you can also go uh, under the help section here on top. So here you can see uh, we have video tutorials and other regular tutorials 
So you can easily access these and follow uh, the steps uh, uh, at your own pace and then upload the data and uh, look at the analysis. Right, and one more thing I want everyone to be aware of, this is in the slides that I pasted as well, is on July 12th, we will be having a training for new users. So again, if you're one of those users who want to learn how to upload the data in IPA, um, start your own analysis, and then study like different pathways and network before you jump into what Sumana is showing today, which is analysis match and whatnot, then that's another option as well. And then what if a person attends this training and they still have uh, questions, then is there anyone that they can contact to have those questions answered? So the best way would be to contact our TSPA informatics support team here. So this is the email ID uh, under the quick start menu. And uh, as Dev very nicely pasted the links uh, for you guys, so there are other contact information, you can uh, reach out to our sales team. And if you want to set up a training on one-on-one -on -one trainings, we can do that. Um, if you have technical questions, you can just uh, directly contact tspanformatics at kayajan.com. Right. And it seems that while I was speaking, a um, few questions have come in. So maybe we'll answer one or two of them. Uh, so uh, one question is, is the analysis match based on same type of data or is it also applied to different types of omic data? For example, RNA-seq versus proteomics. So uh, the as an analysis match feature uh, includes the, the repository that we have. Uh, it, uh, it is limited to right now uh, RNA sequencing data and single cell data and uh, microarray data. So these are the uh, basically transcriptomics uh, type of data sets that are available uh, from these public sources. Um, but um, I I think, correct me if, if I'm wrong, Dev, but in, in future, we are uh, also looking into a proteomic uh, data mm -hmm, set repository. Mm -hmm. So yep. that is going to be there in uh, near future as well. Yep. So as Sumana very nicely mentioned, uh, proteomics data will be added here as well. Currently, our team is working on it. Currently, we have RNA-seq, microarray, single cell RNA-seq from public domain. So we have really large number of data set and relevant analysis over here. And another thing that users such as yourself should keep in mind is if you yourself have proteomics data, then you can definitely upload that in IPA, perform pathway analysis on it, and then you can compare your proteomics data to all this RNA-seq, single cell RNA-seq, and microarray data. I already know some users who are uh, currently doing it. So that's another option. All right. And then the last thing I'll mention is our team is super receptive to user feedback. So if there are specific repositories that you feel would be very beneficial to you, then let us know, you know, and what we can do is we can let our team know and we'll make sure that those are added to IPA and relevant Omicsoft uh, databases. So one more question and Sumana, then I'll pass it back to you because I know you have other things you want to cover. Um, so great resources and presentation. Please, uh, you focus on pathway analysis. If my interest is in potential gene products for po possible computational drug discovery, how can one exploit this resource to this end? So I can um, basically think of um, two different ways. One is um, um, 
I would say a beginner and basic way using our um, search and explore feature here. So you can search for genes, gene products, or uh, like drugs or chemicals, and then you can generate your own custom networks and then see how, uh, let's say if you uh, knock out a gene or if you uh, overexpress a gene, what happens to downstream function or a downstream pathway or other uh, uh, gene products. So that is one way you can do. And I believe we have a lot of uh, pre-recorded trainings uh, in, on our website uh, to do something like that. Now, if you are uh, from a big pharma uh, working on building uh, uh, co new computational approaches, all of this data that we just talked about, the literature data, the expression data over here, this can be, um, this is available to uh, specific customers, um, which, which can be downloaded and then you can introduce them within your own pipelines and, and build your own, uh, uh, I would say, AI-based or machine learning-based models and basically utilize the relationships and the information that exists in, the, uh, in these uh, particular data types. So that's, I would say, an advanced way. If that is something you are interested in looking at, I would suggest to reach out to our uh, sales team and they can direct you to the right uh, people. Right. And... Only other thing I can add over here is not everything you want in exact manner that you want will be covered or, or may or may not be covered in today's training, right? So just keep in mind, you guys have access to a bunch of resources. As Sumana mentioned, we have technical support team, we have sales team, and then for training related feedback, you know, I'm pasting my email address as well in the chat box. So feel free to reach out to any one of us and we can make sure that like, say, if we are taking you from point A to point Y and you want to reach point Z and you're not sure how to do it, then we can definitely help you with that. So with that, I'm going to pass it back to you, Sumana, and to our attendees. If you guys have any more questions, please feel free to paste it in Q&A box, and we'll be sure to answer even more questions live at the end of this presentation. Thank you, Dev. And so now that we looked at this big table, and we know we are interested in some of these indications, and we want to follow up on them, one of the best ways you can uh, utilize some of the other features in IPA is uh, generating a heat map to look at the pathways, regulators, functions, networks uh, that are associated with those uh, specific indications that you're interested in. So here is an example of uh, canonical pathways. So you can easily perform comparative analysis of any of these new disease indications against your omics data set here side by side. So we have our pembrolizumab data set versus all the other uh, fine indications that we were interested in. And here you can see these are the top uh, pathways that are enriched. And one of them over here is a PD-1, PD-L1 cancer immunotherapy pathway. And you can clearly see how this particular pathway uh, is inhibited in our melanoma uh, data set, and in turn is activated, shown in orange color, in these other uh, disease versus normal uh, data sets over here. And you can easily open up any of these pathways by clicking on these colored boxes. And this is going to open up the pathway diagram for you. And within this pathway, you can uh, 
look at how some of the uh, genes are uh, genes are connected to another um, gene or downstream function and you can see how for example here uh, when pdcd1 and cd274 are up uh, this leads to activated akt and it uh, uh, activates some of these functions like uh, t cell effector function t cell activation proliferation etc so you can easily look at uh, how some of the genes are behaving and how some of the functions are behaving downstream. Now, the easiest way to do this is uh, essentially select a bunch of uh, diseases that you're interested in here. So you can select the data sets like um, liver disease, uh, diabetes, psoriasis, vasculitis over here maybe myopathy. So you can select a bunch of these um, rows and then you can click on either view as a heat map or view as comparison analysis. Now, once you click on those uh, buttons over here, it is going to open up a heat map for you. So this is the heat map. And we have our melanoma data set in the first column and then the other five diseases that we selected in the subsequent columns. And here we have the type of entity that we are interested in. So CN is causal network, CP is canonical pathways, UR is upstream regulators. And let's say you're interested in looking at just canonical pathways. So you can click on this funnel icon, just type in CP over here under include, click apply. So now you're just filtering and looking at only the canonical pathways um, uh, that are activated, shown in orange color, or inhibited, shown in blue color, uh, for these different uh, disease indications. And to open up a pathway, you can simply click on the colored boxes. So if I click on the melanoma data set, you can see how the pathway is behaving over here. So this is uh, how you can easily uh, select the indications, look at which pathways are relevant in your disease area. Now, researchers like you are also interested in comparing the gene expression changes uh, in the key uh, genes in these pathways across these new identified indications. And we can easily do that uh, by displaying them as charts uh, within the pathway diagrams. So here you can clearly see uh, both uh, PDCD1 and CD274, which play an important role in regulating immune response are up in pembrolizumab treated melanoma patients. So here you can see we have a red colored bar um, for both uh, CD274 and PDCD1, they're up. In, in our data set versus um, um, uh, with disease versus normal um, for let's say diabetes, uh, the gene expression went down for these two markers. So, so this is another way you can track uh, individual markers or gene expression across uh, your data set and the new indications that you select uh, using IP as well. Now, the easiest way uh, to do that is once you open up uh, one of these heat maps, you can click on edit network. 
And once you do this, it's going to open up the network for us here. So this is uh, the network that we were interested in after we clicked on edit uh, network. Um, and here you're going to go under this overlay button. And under overlay, we are going to select this option called analyses, datasets, and lists. So the goal over here is to look at gene expression for these individual genes within the pathway. And you want to see how uh, the expression is behaving. So here we have um, PDCD1, um, CD274 expression. So these are displayed as expression data over here. And you can clearly see the list of data sets that we are looking at. So the first one is our melanoma data set. Second was fatty liver. So when you click on these disease names, you're going to see how uh, the pathway uh, changes or behaves. So some of these genes are activated or inhibited. And you can look at the expression data as well. So this is another great way to follow up on these new indications for drug repurposing and look at specific uh, expression markers uh, that you would be interested at looking. Now, most immune checkpoint inhibitor therapy like pembrolizumab, they have uh, their own um, limitations. So they have limited efficacy, uh, they have variable treatment response in patients. Therefore, finding an effective combination uh, therapeutic targets can be a good solution to amplify the clinical uh, efficacy. So the way uh, you can do that using IPA is using the upstream analysis networks uh, to identify potential targets. So here um, is an example of um, another target that I found called TGM2. So here in this heat map, you can see uh, I basically filtered for upstream regulators only. And you can see uh, TGM2 uh, is uh, one of the upstream regulators that was expressed. And if you click on the colored box, it's going to open up the network for you. So TGM2 is an upstream regulator, which is influencing the expression of all these target genes in your data set. So what is uh, TGM2? So TGM2 is a transglutaminase 2. It is a multifunctional enzyme, uh, which catalyzes protein cross-linking. Uh, it is known to serve um, in a very uh, important signaling pathways, uh, such as uh, P53, AKT, and F-kappa-B. So they, uh, they, uh, it activates key modulators, uh, uh, these key mod modulators. And it is also known that uh, the aberrant expression of TGM2 has been linked with tumor growth, metastasis, uh, EMT transition, uh, cancer uh, stem cell property, et cetera. So this is a, a great uh, target gene to follow up. And um, 
and see if it can be utilized or tested in the lab to enhance the PD, uh, the pembrolizumab uh, treatment. Uh, now you can easily uh, so you can easily find this uh, target within the software. So let's go back to our heat map over here. So here um, we initially filtered for CP. What you can do is you can simply go back and type in UR because you want an upstream regulator and you can just type in and click apply. So here uh, you're going to find list of uh, top regulators. And these could be genes, uh, proteins, uh, drugs, chemicals. Um, and here you can see we have TGM2 and it's activated in our melanoma data set and it's inhibited in these disease versus normal data sets that we selected. And you can simply click on the colored box and this will open up the network for you. There we go. So we have the network and you can, uh, you can simply do that for other upstream regulators over here by just cl uh, simply clicking on the colored boxes. Now, once you identify uh, your key uh, uh, target, uh, such as TGM2, the next thing you might be interested in doing is you want to determine maybe which cell types express TGM2. <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, you might be interested in identifying um, in which cell types TGM2 is expressed, especially if you are, let's say, working with, uh, let's say, diabetes. So you can easily do that um, by looking at gene expression uh, related information uh, in our database. So here is an example of how gene expression would look like in different cell types and especially different immune cell types. So here you can see that um, TGM2 is highly expressed in normal M1 and M2 macrophages uh, uh, in general. So the, this is normal expression data that is coming from the blueprint database. And if you really want to look at how TGM2 is expressed in diabetic patients, you can also do that. Um, and here you can see macrophages and myotube, uh, they have very high expression uh, and with uh, diabetes patients as well. So, so th these are the type of uh, information you can uh, extract from uh, the omic data sets as well. So the, the easiest way to generate these plots is to use our search uh, bar over here on top. And under genes and chemicals, you can type in TGM2 and then click search. And once you do that, you're going to find the first hit. So here we have this gene symbol for TGM2, its synonyms, uh, the name of the gene, uh, where it is located within the cell, et cetera. Here we are going to click on the hyperlink for TGM2. Once we do that, it's going to open up uh, this page in our uh, web browser, uh, which is called 
uh, IPS gene view page. So essentially what this page contains is um, basic information about the, the gene that you're looking for, like, you know, the name, synonyms, locations, if it is involved in specific pathways, etc. And if you scroll down, you also find some maybe um, function, um, some drug-related information, etc. The specific spot I want you guys to focus on is this particular section. So if you want to look at expression, gene expression uh, for TGM2 in different repositories, uh, you can use these hyperlinks. So if you're looking for normal tissue expression information, you can click on GTEx, um, Human Protein Atlas or Blueprint. Uh, Blueprint has all your immune cell type information. If you're an oncology researcher, you can select uh, hyperlinks from here. So we have cancer cell line data, uh, TCGA target, um, or simply um, public, uh, published uh, uh, omic uh, data sets uh, under oncology studies. So you have mouse, human, rat data as well. If you are um, not working in cancer research, you can then focus on disease studies. So you can have other human diseases, mouse and rat diseases as well. So if you want to look at TGM2 expression in uh, normal, healthy uh, immune cell types, you can click on this blueprint link here. And this is going to open up uh, this other tool um, that's tied to IPA called Land Explorer. It basically has a collection of all the public omic data sets that uh, we have in our repository. And you can visualize uh, the information uh, for gene expression uh, in, uh, by generating these plots here. So you can clearly see we are using the blueprint database. You're looking for TGM2 and we're looking at gene expression. And here in this plot, uh, on the x-axis, we have gene expression for TGM2. On the y-axis, we have cell type information. So here we have M2 macrophages, M1 macrophages, and you can see that TGM2 is highly expressed in these two cell types. And apart from that, you have endothelial cells uh, as well. Now, this information is showing you expression data for healthy immune cell types. What about if you're interested in looking at disease patient data, whether you're working with psoriasis, diabetes, or some other cancer indication? In that scenario, what you can do is you can switch between different repositories or collections. So here, if you click on the drop-down menu, instead of blueprint, you can scroll down and you're going to find all these other collections. So if you are looking for diabetes, you can go under human disease, click on that option. And this is going to switch uh, the collection for us. It's going to take a couple of seconds to just refresh the page. There we go. And then you can type in your favorite gene. So here you can type in TGM2 and click search.
And this is going to give uh, show you uh, gene expression information coming from different diseases. So here we have different disease categories, and then each individual dot represents one patient sample. And you're looking at gene expression. Now, this is... Uh, if this is a very busy chart and you want to really focus on diabetes. So in that scenario, what you can do is you can go under options here. So we have a lot of different uh, options that you can select for. So under disease state, uh, if you click on this three dots over here, you can click on it. And this is going to give you a lot of information For diabetes. So here, if I just type in uh, diabetes, you have different types of uh, diabetes and you can decide which one you want to select, maybe a couple of them or maybe uh, a specific type that you're interested in. And you can click uh, OK. Maybe I'm going to select all of them here. Let's do that. Click OK. My part, um, let's do this. And this is going to filter uh, only for the specific type of diabetes that you uh, filtered for. So you selected those and click apply because you want to apply those filters. So now you have uh, different types of um, uh, disease category here, but we are interested uh, in uh, changing this y-axis instead of disease category, you want to show disease state. So you can say instead of you want to group your samples based on disease state instead of category. So you can easily do that using this grouping option. And here you can see how TGM2 expression looks like in different types of diabetes that we selected for. Now, if you want to see how TGM2 looks like in different cell types, uh, from these diabetes patients, you can add a filter. So here right now, we don't see a cell type option as a filter. So you can add a new filter for cell type. So here, if I type in cell, you see we have a cell type option. Click OK. So now you have new option over here and you can now group them group your patient samples based on cell type. So your y-axis is going to change to reflect different cell types now. So here now we have very nicely uh, different cell types and you can see macrophages have high expression, myotube has high expression uh, in these diabetic patients. So, so the, these are the different ways essentially you can utilize IPA. Now, starting from uh, deciding which type of data you want to use, how you want to model that data, how to generate a case study for drug repurposing. And then we also looked at how some of uh, the uh, different approaches are going to help you, like looking at pathways, networks, um, looking at gene expression data to find new targets, how to improve your target selection, how to improve the therapy or efficacy uh, using all these different approaches. So to just summarize what we did today. 
So we used a systems biology approach to discover new uses of uh, FDA approved drugs like uh, pembrolizumab in our case today. Uh, you can use IPA to accelerate the drug, drug discovery process. You can generate novel hypotheses using the omics data, uh, using the analysis match feature where we saw all these omics data and then also leveraging the literature curated data with an IPA. You can also uh, look at a network of genes, whether they are ranging from canonical pathways or upstream regulators. Uh, you can look at how uh, gene expression signatures look like in these different networks. And then finally, you can study uh, interesting targets uh, that are expressed and how they're expressed across diseases, cell types, tissue types, et cetera. So with that, Dev, uh, if there are any questions, I'll be happy to answer them. Thanks, Sumana. Um, we will also take this opportunity to uh, collect additional feedback from our attendees in terms of how relevant was today's presentation, was to what they were trying to learn, as well as, you know, um, what is their feedback in terms of uh, what they learned? Like, do you guys want additional training or do you feel something else? So that is what we are launching through the polls. Um, Another thing that I'll answer myself, Sumana, is there are two types of questions that came in. One is where an attendee did not know that his or her institution had a license and was requesting a trial. So if you're not sure about this type of things, I'm pasting two emails in the chat box, and you're welcome to uh, reach out to either one of us. So if you're unsure whether your institution has license or not, and second type of question was, a person knew that they had license, but they were not able to access Land Explorer, uh, then just email to either one of us and we'll get you uh, in touch with the right party. And my colleague, Brittany, has also offered her help. So uh, that is another great resource. Um, in terms of questions, Sumana, uh, you last showed Land Explorer, right? And your demo was focused a lot on how a person can search for a gene and look at its expression across different tissues, cell type. What if a person has trouble finding a specific type of metadata? So for example, if a person wants to look at expression across uh, patient treatment data and they're having trouble finding uh, such metadata, what are their options? I think the first place I would uh, suggest to look at is under this add filter section. So under this filter, you're going to find a lot of metadata. So if you scroll down, this, this is a huge list. Uh, you can either scroll through, read through the options, or maybe try some of the keywords that you might be interested in. So for example, maybe you, you want uh, immunohistochemistry. So uh, you can look at uh, hist uh, histology or family history. So you just need to type in some keywords that matches those uh, uh, closest match to a, a, a metadata term that you're interested in. And then you might, you'll be definitely, I can guarantee you'll find something relevant to that uh, under uh, these filter options. So that is, I would say the, the best way to do this. Uh, Dev, did you have any other suggestions? Uh, no, only other thing is, uh, as you mentioned earlier on, Sumana, if you're struggling too much, just remember you have tons of resources, technical support, as well as other email addresses I pasted in the chat box. So um, if you're having trouble finding, don't waste too much of your time and just reach out to one of our scientists and we are happy to um, help. 
another question that came up earlier was something you covered a bit earlier, which was pathways and network. How can we generate figure legend for these pathways and figures? So one of the best ways to find the legends is to go under the help section. And then we have this legend option over here. So these are um, shown as default. You can simply uh, use this uh, legend information and you can use it for your publication or while you're sharing this information with your colleagues. So just go under uh, help and you have legend over here. All right. Um, and then another question can be like, you show different expression related views in Land Explorer. Um, what other types of views can it generate? So um, the list is going to be very long, but then uh, uh, the best way I can interpret that you can is uh, you can look at gene expression, you can look at comparison data, you can look at transcript expression, fusion, mutation. Uh, let's see. So here, so these are the different types of views you can essentially generate uh, within the Land Explorer. And th those options are listed here under this uh, VLOP uh, button uh, that you can see. Another thing I like to point out to our users is if you go under the menu option here in the corner, uh, there is a help uh, button. And we have a very nice uh, web page uh, that talks about the different views. So we have land views, uh, like, you know, uh, with screenshots and how to get to them. Uh, we have distribution view, expression views, etc. So uh, check out the help uh, section over here. And this is going to show you a lot of detailed information. All right. And uh, another thing that I'll let you guys know is we love to collect feedback from you, right? So another way for you to provide us with feedback is through the SurveyMonkey link that I just pasted in the chat box. So if you like specific things about today's training, you can let us know about that. Or if you really feel that, oh, in terms of drug repurposing, uh, this should really be part of the training or I want training on another topic, then you can let us know about those things as well through the SurveyMonkey link that I have pasted in the chat box. So at least as of right now, I don't see any other questions. There is like a licensing related questions and thank you to that attendee for providing us with your contact information. We'll make sure that uh, we reach out to you and uh, help you with this uh, inquiry. But what we'll do is we'll wait like about 30, 40 more seconds to see if anyone else has any questions. But otherwise, thank you, Sumana, for giving this wonderful training. Thank you to all of our attendees for sticking around and uh, listening to this training, participating in this training by asking us questions, and also to Tim and Brittany for answering um, scientific as well as licensing related questions that came up during this training. So again, we'll stick around for another 10, 20 seconds to see if anyone has any other question, but otherwise, thank you everyone. And we hope to see, we hope to see you guys in future trainings.